Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 101. In this episode, we are going to take some time to talk about the signs that you have been dieting for too long. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take some time to thank everybody for your constant support of the More Than a Physique podcast. This is going to be the last episode of 2023 and I am so excited to come back for another season in 2024. Before we get into today's discussion, I wanted to let you know that I currently have registrations open for my 12-week New Year's Fitness Challenge. This is a 12-week challenge that will be starting on January 1st. This challenge is not a fat loss challenge. Instead, it's actually a way for you to completely change your life and make fitness a part of your life. There will be a prize at the end of the 12 week period and it will go to the individual who has the best transformation when it comes to making this a lifestyle for themselves. 
For more information, make sure you head over to my website, thenattyhour.com. As well too, I have a bunch of other services and resources available if the fitness challenge isn't something that you need right now. I have my monthly elite training subscription, which is a great way for you to have some guidance in the gym. For only $7.99 a month, there is a gym-based or home-based subscription plan. You can also check out the Natty Hour School of Macros. This is my first nutrition course where it allows you to learn how to calculate your macronutrients and become your own nutrition coach. If you don't need the accountability side of coaching, but you need some answers of how you can actually implement and execute an effective nutrition protocol, this course is for you. And then lastly, if you are looking to get somebody a great gift for Christmas, I am offering a limited time 50% off gift card for one month of coaching. If you head over to thenattyhour.com, you will see the gift card available for purchase where one month is currently 50% off. This can be a great gift to help kickstart somebody's fitness journey with one month of nutrition and training coaching at the Natty Hour. If you have any questions with any of the services and resources that I've mentioned here, don't hesitate to reach out to me, thenattyhour at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. I uh, wanted to take some time to talk about specific signs that we wanna pay attention to that indicate that we have been dieting for too long. And the reason why I wanted to talk about that this week is because there is actually no time limit when we are dieting. A lot of people seem to think that, you know, after 12 weeks, I need to stop dieting. After six months, I need to stop dieting. After one year, I need to stop dieting. And there actually isn't a time limit on it. Some people can diet for 52 weeks straight even more than that, other people, they need to pump the brakes at 12 weeks. So there's not an actual set amount of time when it comes to whether or not you should stop dieting or not. It very much depends on the individual. So it it can be very helpful and motivating for a lot of people to have time limits on your dieting phase because it helps you stay very motivated when you have like a set target in mind. That's why a lot of people who compete in the sport of bodybuilding, they do well is because they have a deadline in mind. So while it can be helpful and motivating, I'm in no way saying that you shouldn't set a specific time frame when you're trying to decide how long you should be dieting for. But it's important to remember that that timeline should be a moving target. It shouldn't be set in stone because there are so many variables that you want to consider whether or not you need to uh, pump the brakes or whether or not you're okay to keep going. So before I keep going here, just wanted to apologize for some of the uh, background noise in the uh, background here. We're doing a little bit of renovations outside, some landscaping. So I apologize if you're hearing some banging, but uh, hopefully it's not too annoying. All right. So today we are going to talk about seven signs that we want to consider. I find that, you know, if you guys have some of these things in the back of your mind, it can kind of allow you to be accepting when and if you reach that point in time where, hey, 
I need to pump the brakes on the diet. And maybe it was at a point where it was a little bit sooner than you originally anticipated. And that can be very demotivating for a lot of people. But you know, your body is very smart and it is constantly going through hormonal fluctuations while you are dieting as an attempt to get you to stop dieting. So it's not that you need to have a stronger mindset and psychologically you need to have more willpower while those traits are very valuable to push through and power through some of those tough moments when you're dieting. There very much is a physiological aspect that a lot of people don't take into consideration. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. So I'm just going to quickly list off the seven signs that we want to pay attention to that you may need to stop dieting. And then we'll dive into them a little bit more in depth. So number one, signs to look out for adherence to your calorie intake is becoming difficult. Hunger becomes unmanageable. You're becoming hyper fixated on food. Sleep is impaired. Sex drive is non-existent loss of period, and you're constantly irritable. Now, it's not that you need to have all of these seven things in place before you have to stop dieting. You may only have one of these things occurring where maybe your hunger feels extremely unmanageable, but there's no other signs really available or that you're seeing. It's important to note that you don't need all of these signs to be present in order for you to pump the brakes and uh, take that foot off the gas pedal. Because you'll find as I go through these in a little bit more depth, a lot of them are actually very interconnected. So maybe you only notice one of these signs, but it very much could be it very much could exist in another area. Another sign may be there, but you're just not aware of it. So let's dive into these a little bit deeper here. Sign number one, that you've been dieting for too long. Adherence to your calories becomes difficult. So as you diet down, as you lose weight, as you get leaner, your body requires fewer calories. And that's very normal for a lot of people. As you weigh less naturally, your body doesn't need as many calories in order to keep up with its metabolic functions. But when that occurs, just because your calories goes down as your body weight goes down, your body starts to fight you more and more. When it starts to see a fewer amount of calories that it is consuming, your hormones start to fluctuate in a non-favorable way where your hunger signals and your hunger hormones start to become unreliable. And when that happens, it's your body trying to encourage you to eat more food, to eat more calories, because all that your body sees is that you're getting leaner and leaner over time. And while that may be the overall goal, all your body sees is that it's slowly dying, that you're not having as many as much food, you're starting to lose important tissue. Yes, we may not like body fat, but it's still a relevant tissue that your body still needs an adequate amount of in order to function in a healthy manner. So as that goes down and down, that triggers to your hormones like, whoa, okay, our self-defense system needs to be activated here. And we need to start getting this individual to eat more calories because they're losing weight and they're losing body fat. And we don't want that because we're dying. That's how your body sees it. So when this happens, your hunger cues start to become unmanageable because your body's trying to encourage you to eat more calories. When at that point, where at that point, your adherence to your calorie intake 
starts to go down. You know, maybe we have an increased amount of binging that is going on, maybe some untracked snacks here and there, or maybe we just can't stick to the lower amount of calories. And we find that we're intentionally having an extra meal each night, just because it's becoming so unmanageable to adhere to the lower amount of calories. When this happens right then and there, that's an indicator like, hey, you may need to look at implementing a bit of a diet break, you may need to just take a break from dieting altogether for an extended period of time until you find your adherence in adherence improves. But paying attention to your overall adherence is important. And when adherence goes down, we talk about what's going on here and try to problem solve. And if I find that this is a regular thing, that's my cue right there. All right, have we been dieting too long? Do we need to come up with a different approach here? Because this isn't working. So how can we offset this, right? Um, it's so important to remember that we should be dieting on as many calories as possible. Like I said, as your calories get lower and lower, your body starts to pay attention to that, where eventually your body's self-defense system is going to be activated and it's going to work against you to try to get you to eat more food. In order for us to mitigate that process from happening for as long as possible, we always want to try to ensure that we are losing weight on as many calories as possible. So a lot of you in the beginning, you'll notice that your calories seem pretty high. And a lot of you are like, whoa, why am I eating so much food? When in actuality, there is a spectrum here. There's a higher end of a calorie deficit and a lower end of a calorie deficit. We want to try to see if we can lose weight at that higher end of your deficit so we can avoid the self-defense system being activated. Because while yes, you may lose a significant amount of body weight eating 1200 calories, but your adherence to that isn't going to last all that long because your body eventually is going to work against you. Like I said, it's not that you're psychologically struggling and that you're not mentally fit and you're not mentally strong to adhere to 1200 calories. Physiologically, your body is working against you and it will continue to work against you to try to get you to eat more food. So yes, you may lose weight eating 1200 calories, but if you can lose weight eating 1700 calories, why wouldn't that be our overall goal? Because at the end of the day, if we can prolong your journey, so that way we can actually get to that end goal. That's what we want. And by starting out eating as many calories as possible while being able to lose the body weight that you're looking for here, that's what's going to prolong this long-term adherence when we're trying to actually lose the amount of body fat that we are trying to. So always having as many calories as possible, losing weight on as many calories as possible should always be our goal. Okay. Sign number two, hunger becomes unmanageable. Now, not a lot of people realize this, but hunger when you are dieting is very normal. A lot of people get freaked out the second that hunger becomes present when they're dieting. And people freak out and think, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm hungry. I need to get rid of this hunger as quickly as possible. And while I'm not discrediting how uncomfortable it is to deal with hunger, it's so important to manage our expectations when we're entering into a deficit and understand that hunger is part of a fat loss phase. It is part of a process. That's why not many people actually are successful with fat loss because this is one of many reasons, but you know, a lot of people aren't doing a good job mentally at handling and dealing with hunger. So always just trying to take a step back and remember that hunger is part of the process. It's kind of like anxiety 
to a degree, you know, when we have anxiety show up and the best way to deal with it is just to let it hang out with you and you carry on with your day and keep doing what you're doing or our annoying cousin or monthly visits here, ladies. It's an annoying friend that's hanging out with us. We just have to kind of let it hang out with us, but we keep doing what we are doing. That's how we want to view it when it comes to hunger. However, at some point in time, the hunger becomes unmanageable. It becomes unmanageable to the point where it's going to affect our adherence to our calories. So again, right there, right? That's how you can see how all of these signs are kind of interconnected. So when hunger becomes unmanageable, again, we need to revisit things. First and foremost, yes, of course, making sure that you're implementing certain strategies that will help mitigate your hunger. So making sure you stay hydrated. That is so important, you guys. Human beings are really bad at distinguishing thirst from hunger. They actually are very similar sensations. So that's why it's so important to make sure you drink lots of water throughout the day, having like maybe a glass of water before and after a meal. So that way you're not misrepresenting what you're actually feeling. Is it actually hunger or is it actual thirst? So, you know, there are certain strategies when it comes to mitigating your hunger, but when hunger becomes unmanageable, where it is starting to affect your overall adherence, maybe it's affecting your sleep because you're waking up in the middle of the night hungry and you've played with your meal timing, you've done everything that you could, but for whatever reason, you just can't get your hunger under control. That's how you know. All right, maybe we need to look at pumping the brakes here. Sign number three is becoming hyper fixated on food. It is very normal when you're dieting to be fixated on food. You're, you're constantly food focused. You know, we're depriving ourselves and that's to be expected where we kind of want what we can't have. And as we know, with us adopting a flexible dieting approach, you can have any foods that you want. That doesn't mean that you should. Just like, you know, we can all go out and lease a Lamborghini if we wanted to. Does that mean that we should? Probably not. That's probably not the best way to spend our money. Same thing with our food selections when we are dieting. While you can fit a chocolate chip cookie into your macronutrients, should that be prioritized over having enough protein? Should that be prioritized over having enough fruits and vegetables? Probably not, especially considering we know that enough protein, enough fiber, fruits and vegetables is going to help mitigate your hunger because those are higher nutrient dense options in comparison to a cookie. So when we know that, right? So it's very normal for us to be a little bit more fixated on foods and we start making our lists, especially in the sport of bodybuilding. Um, a lot of people do this, myself included. You start making your lists of things that you're going to have when you're done dieting. And that's okay. You know, again, it's about making sure that it isn't becoming hyper fixated. It's not becoming unmanageable to the point where you start to salivate at the thought of thinking of those specific foods. I've done this. It is not a good place to be to the point where you're just watching the clock, just waiting for that next meal. Again, I've been there. I know what that's like, where your entire day is revolved around food. And that's all that you think of. You're also paying attention to lots of food porn on social media, constantly looking up delicious treats and foods and watching food videos and recipes. When we get hyper fixated on foods like this, this is actually very important to pay attention to because if we don't pay attention to that, if we don't catch that we're doing that, when we come off of the diet, 
that's where binge eating tendencies come into play. And of course, that's something we want to avoid. That's not a fun habit or behavior that we want to go through. We don't want to go down that path. So really just objectively paying attention to what you're paying attention to in a day when it comes to food. You can be fixated on it. It's okay. But to the point where you're getting hyper fixated on it, ah, you know what, that may be a sign that we need to just take a step back here and maybe pump the brakes when it comes to dieting. Sign number four. This one I would say is probably the most important one. And that's where your sleep becomes impaired. This is really important because studies show that little food actually does impair your sleep quality. So you may wake up in the middle of the night hungry, right? Or maybe you're waking up earlier than you expected because you're excited to go eat your food to the point where your overall hours in a night that you're supposed to be sleeping goes down. Maybe you typically get eight hours and recently you have been getting only six hours of sleep. Having little food actually does at some point in time impair your sleep. And the reason why this isn't a good thing if you are chronically underslept is because the weight loss that you're experiencing, if you even are continuing to experience weight loss, people still see the scale go down and they ignore the fact that they've only been getting like five to six hours of sleep for extended periods of time for weeks and months on end. And they're like, oh, well, whatever, the scale's still going down. It's obviously not affecting me to that degree. We have to remember that just because the scale goes down, that doesn't mean that body fat is going down. And there's research to show that if you are chronically underslept, a lot of that weight loss does actually come from muscle. The last thing that we want, we want to be preserving our lean muscle mass when we are dieting. And the reason for that is because having more muscle on our frames is really important, you know, as we get older to prevent osteoporosis and things like that. But it's also very helpful for dieting. The more muscle we have, your body has to work harder to maintain that. Therefore, you burn more calories when you have more muscle on your frame. So it's very strategic to have a significant amount of muscle when you are dieting. So the last thing that you want is actually to lose your muscle. A lot of people think that when they're dieting, the top priority is to lose body fat. And the actuality is the top priority is where we want to preserve muscle mass. So being underslept from a chronic state like this is very important to pay attention to. And, you know, a very important sign like, hey, you've been dieting for too long. If you're sleeping only like five to six hours, uh, five to six hours a night, Obviously, you want to pay attention to your line of work that plays a significant role as well. You know, a lot of nurses, people who work nights, of course, you already are dealing with an uphill battle with lack of sleep. So really taking the time to ensure that you're prioritizing your sleep routine so that way you can optimize the hours that you are going to sleep so you can just try to prevent any muscle loss for as long as possible. Of course, feel free to reach out to me if this is you, if you're dealing with that and you're kind of afraid of that. Don't let what I'm saying here make you feel too afraid, but it's just something to be cautious about where just because the scale is going down doesn't mean that fat loss is occurring. So for anybody, even if you have just a regular nine to five, you don't do night shifts and you are chronically underslept by, you know, maybe five to six hours a night, it's so important to try to get to the root cause of that and problem solve with that. And if not, it's because like maybe the root cause is because you're consuming a significant, like a very low amount of calories. Then, of course, like I said, that may be a sign like, hey, 
time to pump the brakes, give your body some food so your body can recover and get some rest because that's a little bit more important. All right, sign number five here. Sex drive is non-existent. You know, having a healthy sex drive is actually very important. And if your sex drive is non-existent, this is a sign that there is a hormonal imbalance. And that, of course, is going to be our sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen, both very important hormones for females. Testosterone is important for me and same with estrogen. For males, testosterone and estrogen, balance, having those things balanced is very important for males as well, too. So making sure that, you know, your sex drive is at a healthy amount. This as a sign here, if it like completely plummets, I, you know what, maybe a sign here that we need to take a step back and take a break from dieting. You know, the biggest reason why that's so important is because our sex hormones actually are very important from a muscle building standpoint. And as I previously mentioned, our top priority when we are dieting and trying to lose body weight is to preserve muscle mass. So if our sex hormones are plummeting, we can assume that, you know, our muscle mass is at risk of being lost. Again, not something that we want. Sign number six, loss of period. Ladies, I know that not having a period sounds amazing. I get it. But having a period is extremely important from an overall health perspective. And a lot of people forget that, you know, um, amenorrhea does reduce our chances of getting pregnant. It increases our risk of cardiovascular disease. It actually increases our risk of osteoporosis and it can cause premature menopause as well too. We don't want any of that. Having a menstrual cycle is extremely important. So while it may sound nice, like, hey, I don't have my period. Oh, well, no big deal. This is a big concern and something that you want to pay attention to because it does take a significant amount of time to get your period back if you do experience a loss of period from dieting for too long or too aggressively. Having a period is very important. So if you don't have a period and you're dieting, it's very important to try to get to the root cause of that and gain your period back. And quite often the best course of action to get your period back is to actually eat more food. All right, the last sign here is if we are constantly irritable. You know, if you're not typically a high-strung, irritable person, but you are noticing that your irritability is going up quite significantly, that, of course, is a sign that your cortisol levels have gone up, your stress levels have gone up. And while this is naturally going to occur when you are dieting, again, when it gets to the point where it feels unmanageable and your irritability is starting to affect other areas of your life, such as your quality of work, you being a good mom, you showing up for your family, being a good friend, that's when you know like, hey, I've been dieting for too long because yes, dieting and fat loss is difficult, but it's still a choice. It's still our choice. It's something that we are choosing to do. So if we are starting to allow that choice to affect other areas that are important in our life and we aren't being a good person anymore and our support system is starting to maybe fade away a little bit because they don't want to be around you because you're constantly complaining about how you can't eat this or you're upset that you're not losing weight as fast or you're just super low energy or you're hungry all the time whatever the case may be all of these things are still a choice so being constantly irritable from a psychological standpoint, you know, that is very important to consider as a sign, 
as to whether or not we've been dieting for too long or not. But even as well, too, it is a sign from a physiological standpoint that it's just increase your stress levels to a point where it's a little bit higher than it probably should be. And again, another valid sign like, hey, might be time to pump the brakes here. So like I said, all of these different signs here aren't indicators that you're failing or you're doing anything wrong. And it's a bad thing if you have to end the diet before you originally intended to. It's okay. Our bodies are very smart. And sometimes we have to listen to what they're trying to tell us versus trying to fight it and think that we can outsmart what our bodies are going through. Our bodies are extremely smart. We can never outsmart them. So instead of working against them, we have to objectively analyze these things and pay attention to these things and be okay with, you know, maybe stopping the diet before we originally intended to. Because the dieting phase, the process of dieting is always going to be there. It's okay to accept the season that you are in. If we are constantly trying to fight against our body, that is no different than us holding on to the summertime in the middle of November by going outside right now and wearing a bikini because we're not ready for summer to be over. Tough luck. It is freezing outside right now. Snow in some regions of uh, BC. I think Prince George got snow yesterday. You know, it's probably not a good idea to go outside and wear a bikini just because you're upset that summer is over. You know, we have to let the weather be the weather. And that goes with where our bodies are currently at. And if we need to take a break from dieting because we're dealing with a lot of these different signs, it's okay. Give your body the rest that it's asking for. Enter into a maintenance phase. Go focus on some longevity-related practices like sleep, recovery, stress management, slowing down. It's okay to rest and recover. I would argue that it's necessary so that way when you're ready and your body's telling you it's ready to pick back up the fat loss phase again, you're going to be able to optimize that and do better than ever. So that's really important. So what can we do, though? We're going to wrap this up here by talking about um, ways that you can mitigate some of these risks from dieting for too long. You know, the, the I'll talk about three different strategies. The first one here is to have a slow approach. Like I said previously, if you can diet on eating 1700 calories a day, or you can lose weight eating 1700 calories a day, why would you even try to have only 1200 calories a day? Taking a slower approach is going to prolong your overall adherence. So also taking a slower approach involves being realistic with your rate of fat loss goals. You know, in order to preserve lean muscle mass, which remember, that's our top priority when we're trying to lose body fat. In order to preserve our muscle mass, we should only be losing about 0.5 to 1% of our body weight a week. 0.5 to 1%. That's probably a lot lower than you guys realize. You know, the standard rule of thumb is one pound a week. And while that's a decent recommendation, the 0.5 to 1% is going to go down from one pound a week if you weigh a lot less. So in order for you to lose that one pound a week within this percentage recommendation, you would need to weigh 200 pounds. So if you weigh 200 pounds, 0.5% is one pound a week. So say you want to, so now that we know like, hey, if we're 200 pounds, our weekly rate of fat loss is only going to be a pound. Maybe you're like, I can't do math in my head. Maybe you're like 150 pounds. 150 pounds by 0.5% a week. That's 0.75 pounds a week. 
0.8 pounds, not even one pound a week. So we need to understand like, hey, if we aren't losing more than one pound a week, that's a good thing for the majority of people because we want to preserve lean muscle mass. So say you do weigh 200 pounds a week, or sorry, when you do weigh 200 pounds, the next step is to assess like what's your timeline with that, right? So say you maybe want to lose 50 pounds. Is it realistic to lose 50 pounds um, within a 12-week period when we know that with this percentage, one pound a week is our goal? No, of course not. 50 weeks is going to be required in order for us to effectively lose that 50 pounds. And I always recommend adding an additional four weeks on top of that because we want to take into consideration just life circumstances, things going um, sideways, having unanticipated vacations and trips and long weekends and weddings and all of these different things that slow our results down. So maybe about a 54-week prep in order for us to effectively lose 50 pounds. You know, being realistic with that timeline is really important and being okay with that timeline is really important. The second thing that we want to focus on to mitigate these risks that we've been dieting too long is to have a, a, flexi a flexible restraint mindset versus a rigid restraint. So what do I mean by that? Having a flexible restraint is, for an example here, is eating foods that you like, not suffering through a boring, bland meal plan that you can only adhere to for four weeks until you drive yourself crazy and you need a cheat meal. Being super rigid like that doesn't help prolong your long-term adherence. And there's research that actually shows that people are more likely to lose the amount of weight that they are trying to and effectively keep it off when they practice a flexible restraint approach. So that's a nutritional example. On the training side of things, again, trying to find a training program that you can adhere to. While I will take weightlifting to my grave of how optimal and important it is, if you hate it and you can't stick to doing more than a couple of uh, weightlifting sessions a week, we need to be adaptable with that and be flexible with finding you a program that you can adhere to. Because like I said, 54 weeks here, right? We have a 54-week dieting phase that we need to consider. How can we actually adhere to 54 weeks? Well, not having a boring, bland, rigid meal plan. That's step number one. Trying to find meals and foods that you actually enjoy and including that. If you include foods that you like within moderation, you make healthy foods, palatable for you and enjoyable for you, guaranteed you're more likely to stick to that for 54 weeks in comparison to a boring meal plan that you hate for 54 weeks. Same thing with your training program, right? If for whatever reason you hate lifting weights and you can only do it for a couple of times during the week and the remainder of your time, you would like to do some maybe boot camp classes, spin, whatever the case may be, yoga, whatever the case may be where you can adhere to that for a full 54 weeks, I would rather you do that versus trying to adequately adhere to a training program that's being done half-assed. You know that for whatever reason, it's too rigid for you. You're not enjoying it. Finding a flexible program that works best for you that you can adhere to for that 54 weeks is going to allow you to actually be successful with that. And then the last step here is to be okay with shifting 
your timeline. The last thing here to mitigate the risk of been dieting for too long, being okay to shift your timeline. If for whatever reason in that 54 weeks, we come across some of these signs that we have identified here where it's like, darn it, I've only made it to week 30. My hunger is just getting unmanageable. You know, my sleep is so bad right now. And my sex drive has just completely plummeted. I need to be okay with taking a break. And if we have to call it at 30 weeks, take a break for eight to 12 weeks and then jump back into things for the remainder of the time frame. be adaptable, be okay with that because fat loss isn't going anywhere and it's not a race either. If you make it out to be a race, you're more likely to not actually sustain the results. And there's research that shows that the quicker you get to your results, the more likely you are to put the weight back on within the first year and then some. A lot of people, I think there was like 95% of people who lose weight in the first year, put it all back on and then some within the first year. And the reason for that is because they're losing it too quickly and they're not paying attention to these signs and they're not developing the habits that are needed for them to actually sustain the results and they're not being adaptable with their timeline. So if you need to pump the brakes at 30 weeks, even though you have planned to diet for 54 weeks, that's okay. Be okay with that. Let the weather be the weather. Don't wear a bikini in the middle of November. Go put a jacket on and revisit fat loss when your body is telling you that it's ready again. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.